folks. Welcome back to the Al Foran Podcast, part two with Michael Bisping. This podcast is sponsored by Betfred and produced by Fade Ignite. Let's get right back into it. Madison Square Garden, November 2017. Michael Bisping defending that middleweight championship against the legendary George St. Pierre. Yeah, some great stories there, especially the build-up to this fight. We have great fun talking about it. He lost on, on that occasion, but it, it was an occasion that he enjoyed. Um, and of course, we talk his his retirement, you know, his, his work with the UFC as a fight analyst, and also his acting career, which he's really starting to take that seriously now. And uh, he's enjoying it as well, which is a very good thing. And he talks about some of the early auditions he, he did, some of the cringy early auditions that he did at the start of his acting career. For all you, for all you actors out there, we all probably have a story. I have a story in there too about an audition I did a couple of years ago. Uh, so I hope you enjoy that part. And yeah, this is just a great podcast, guys. Honestly, it's brilliant. It was a pleasure having someone like Michael Bisping come on. He's a big name in mixed martial arts. He's a legend in the UFC. And of course, we also do the Wheel of Impressions, which is quite fun. But yeah, I really hope you enjoy this, folks. Have a fantastic weekend. This is the Al Foran Podcast with Michael Bisping, part two. Enjoy. Game on. Get £30 in free bets from Betfred when you sign up and stake a tenner. Football, racing, rugby, boxing. Betfred have markets available on all of the biggest matches, races, fights and more. Download the Betfred app from the App Store or Google Play Store or sign up through betfred.com. Game on. 18 plus BeGambleAware.org, UK and Northern Ireland only. First sports bet of £10 and over in one transaction, settled in 60 days. Odds evens, brackets 2.0 and over. £30 free bet paid within 10 hours of bet settlement, 7-day expiry. Payment restrictions apply. SMS validation may be required. Full terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. As you said, we, we, we get to... UFC, the second UFC in, in Madison Square Garden against another iconic fighter yeah, in, in yeah. George St. Pierre. And like that, there's a lot of there's a lot of trash talk, which you say you need to do. Obviously, there's you have a lot of respect for George, like you did with Anderson, but you've got to kind of break him down, yeah. break his dignity and all that. Listen, George is the man. I love George. And we still yeah. we stay in touch to this day. You know, we're, we're, you know, I always text him back and forth. Not always, but here and there. You yeah. know what I mean? He, he's incredible. He really is. Yeah. He? You can't say a bad word about George. Yeah. He's awesome. He's a gentleman. He's a consummate professional. Yeah. I always say he's like a really... If, if any young kids out there want to model themselves on an MMA fighter and how to do yeah. it, it's George St. Pierre all day long. Yeah. You know, there was never any scandal with him. He was always a professional and mm. martial artist, uh, always looking for new ways to train. You know, so yeah, George, George is the man. And he's a great guy as well. He's an awesome yeah. guy. So he was coming back. I was meant to fight Yoel Romero or Robert Whittaker. Them two had a fight. Yes. I went into the cage and made a dick out of myself and challenged Rob. But that fight never happened. Yeah. Uh, so it was that. UFC uh, 205 and oh you Madison. were yeah and I remember him shouting up yeah you. yeah that's right that's right yeah. Uh, so so yeah but anyway so George listen George is a big star he was coming back so they were expecting like major pay per view buys and I was like well we'll throw a bit of shit talk in there it'll make it even better so like I was always just having a bit of fun with George you know what I mean yeah. it got a little heated here and there of course because as I said before when people say things you start taking it personally but when the dust has settled it's all said and done it, it, yeah. it's all. It's all fair game. It's all uh, it's all respect when it's all done. What wasn't there like a chance encounter between the build up between you and George? The two of you were in the bathroom or something. Yeah, so so <laughs> so two of were in a, in a we, 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 we did like a mini world tour, right? Like just to promote yeah. the fight, and we were up in Toronto, and we went the Hockey Hall of Fame, right? And we're, we're doing our thing, and I'm I'm making a prick out of myself, right? I'm, mm. I'm I'm embarrassing myself. I'm talking shit. I'm being aggressive. I'm being I'm being a uh, you know a bit of a thug. Yeah. realistically but I'm like, I know my role my role in this is to fucking be the bad guy and George is going to be the good guy mm. and we're going to fucking sell this fire I'm going to hype people up right? I know what I'm doing do you know what I mean it's going to mm. and it generated in almost a million pay-per-view buys and mm. we all made a lot of money off it so I knew what I was doing and anyway we come outside and it's all well and good right I've, I'm only having fun and George is there I can see him in the background a little bit and and I'm about to get into a car or something I'm with Perillo <laughs> 
And then I see TMZ come up and TMZ is a big outlet, right? A lot of people yeah. watch TMZ and TMZ yeah. went up and they're asking George. I, and I said to Perillo, I said, hey, hold on. I said, let's go sell some pay-per-views here. Right. <laughs> so I went over, I said, George, because because like he, when we squared up at the press conference, he kind of pushed me a little bit. So mm. I went up because only because TMZ were there. That was the only reason I go up. I'm like, yo, George, you ever put your fucking hands on me again? I'll fucking kill you. And then like we got into this thing, right? And it was all because I knew TMZ were there. Mm. And anyway, later on, we went to the ESPN headquarters and they were keeping us away from each other now because they thought yeah. we were going to get into a fight. <laughs> and anyway, I went in for a piss into the toilet and I'm standing there in the piss trough and there's George next to me. And because there's no cameras around or nothing, I'm like, hey, how you doing, mate? And he's like, oh, have you, have you got a Range Rover? I said, yeah, fucking piece of shit, man. So it's always breaking down. You know, and we're having this little chat about cars and whatnot. It's all super cordial. And then we zip up and wash our hands. I go, right, mate, sorry, pal. I'll have to go back to being a dickhead when we get out there. <laughs> he told that story on the Joe Rogan podcast. It was pretty funny because I'd forgotten yeah. about that, but I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. It's a very funny that. story. <laughs> yeah, it's like, listen, we're, we're, we're trying to hype it up. Not yeah. that... It's all bullshit because I believe mm. what I'm saying as well, by the way, for people that think, oh, so I'm being lied to as a fan. No, I meant what I said, you know, but, but you're trying mm. to hype it up. And you are trying to get a mental edge over your opponent as well. Because, yeah, yeah you, you, you're playing nice, you know what I mean? But also you're letting him, you're trying to big brother him, you know what yeah. I mean? To, to, to make your opponent doubt themselves. Because once they doubt themselves a little bit, you've got them. It's game yeah. over. Because as a fighter, you've got to have ultimate confidence. If you doubt yourself a little bit, if you don't commit mm. to the punch, if you close your eyes when you punch in, you know, you're on a fast track to losing the fight. So yeah. if you can get that confidence edge, it's always a good thing. Yeah, 100%. Uh, obviously, you know, that that fight, it, and there, it, was, it was a loss. But how, like, what was it like going up against him in that octagon? What was he like compared to... Any all right, all right. I, I, okay. No, listen, George is great. You know, yeah. probably the GOAT, greatest of all time. I'm fucking exhausted with that term and that fucking argument that people have. They're all great fighters. Well, we'll but, get um, to that. I, I, yeah, it, yeah. That's one of yours. Of, one of the questions. shit about that the last couple of weeks. I know. It's like, shut up. You're all good. Yeah. Um, all right. So, again, sounds like a fucking excuse. Last day of training. I shouldn't have done it. I felt great. I had the best camp of my life. Not that I'm bragging about it, but I knocked out a lot of my sparring partners. I was fucking on form. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And we were like, we're going to kill this guy. And the last day of training, Dean Amasinga, he was on the Ultimate Fighter back in the day. Uh, lovely guy. He'd mm. come out and he was helping me train. And he, we were sparring. Shouldn't have been sparring on the last day. But anyway, he shoots for a double leg takedown. And he gets to my legs and he runs me all the way across the octagon. Boom, slams me down. And when his shoulder landed in my ribs, I just heard, and I knew instantly. I'd ripped all the cartilage in my ribs. I said, fuck, and I could hardly move. It was terrible. Once you have a rib injury, it's bad, right? So yeah. I went to see a doctor and he's like, yeah, yeah, you've torn all your cartilage. It's going to be, you know, a couple of months at least before that's well again. I'm like, well, dude, I'm fighting George St. Pierre. I, next week, I get on a plane tomorrow morning to fly to fucking New York. And anyway, I've known this doctor a bit and this sounds like a crazy plan, but this is what we came up with. He says, right. He says, you can take lidocaine, which will numb you. He says, if you inject it with lidocaine there, you won't feel a thing. He said, it'll last for about 45 minutes and it'll get you through the fight, right? He said, so I'll give you uh, the lidocaine. I'll give you a needle. He said, and when you're there, he said, I'll FaceTime you and I'll talk you through how to do the injection. Mm. But you got to be careful because if you get it wrong, you can puncture a lung and die, right? I'm like, whoa, fuck <laughs> me. The stakes are pretty high here. Like I'm not under <laughs> enough pressure as it is, right? So I get to the UFC and I go up and I tell the UFC doctor. I said, look, yeah. listen, can I talk to you off the record? And he says, yeah. I said, right. So I tell him the situation and I say, is there any issue with that? Because obviously I don't want to cheat. You know what I mean? So I said, is there any issue if I inject lidocaine into my ribs? And he said, well, actually, no, there isn't. It's not a banned substance. He says, but if you go on the record with this, he said, I have to tell the athletic commission. Yeah. And while there is no rule that says you can't have lidocaine, they'll also know that you're injured. And if you're injured, they'll pull you from the fight. You yeah. know what I mean? He said, so it's up to you. He said, but I, if, I wouldn't tell the commission because they'll pull you from the fight, but that's your call. Mm. So I was like, oh, fuck. So anyway, so it was still the plan. I thought, right, when, when we get there to the locker room, I'll go off and I'll go to the toilet. I'll FaceTime a doctor and I'll fucking inject myself. And when we get there, there's commission members everywhere on you like a hawk. And I'm like, the fuck? I'm not going to go to a toilet. 20 minutes before I'm going to go out and fight George St. Pierre, FaceTime a doctor, injecting myself with fucking lidocaine. So uh, 
so yeah, so 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 I didn't do that, and I went out there, and I had a shit fight, if I'm honest. And mm. uh, you know, George beat me fair and square. I warmed up a bit. I got going in the third round. Yeah. Landed a couple of good shots, but uh, people always say, "Oh, mate, you didn't see yourself in that fight. Your movement seemed a bit off." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, because yeah, broken I ribs." Yeah. Uh, well, not broken, but yeah, I had fucked up ribs. But but listen, you know. George is the man. If there's yeah. a person out there that's going to take my belt off me, then there's not a better man than George. Yeah. And then it just proves how much of a warrior you are. Three weeks, three weeks after that fight, you fly out to Shanghai. Now, this is obviously your last fight mm. and you're coming up against um, Kevin <laughs> Gastelum. What, what was the thought process in, in, taking, in taking on that fight after the, yeah. the fight in Madison Square Garden? Obviously, uh, so I, I detached my retina in 2013. And yeah. as I said earlier, I knew that I was on borrowed time. And when I fought Luke Rockhold, my wife mm. said to me, okay, so you're going to retire after this fight. Obviously, yeah. she's my wife. She doesn't want me to get hurt. She knows, you know, because the doctors always said, you know, your good eye, Michael, you've got to worry about your good eye. You have to protect your yeah. good eye. So, I, you know, don't fight. And mm. anyway, uh, so she said, Michael, you're going to retire after this fight. I said, babe, if I lose... If I lose this world title fight, I'll retire because I got my title shot. I tried it and I failed. I said, but if I win, I said, you're out of your fucking mind, right? Um, I'm not going to retire. I've just won the belt. I'm not going to win the belt and retire. Mm. So anyway, so I knew I was on borrowed time. I lost the belt against George St. Pierre. And even though I hadn't officially retired, I was like, well, it's done. You know, I've had my run. I'm fucking injured. The game was up. George knew. George said it on the post-fight interview to Joe Rogan. He said, well, we knew Michael couldn't see out of this side, so I targeted this, you know. Uh, and I was like, you fucking cunt. You just admitted it there. You fucking knew I was blind in one eye, but hey, fair play to him. Um, so so I, I was kind of retired. Yeah. And we stayed in New York for about a week. Uh, just hanging out, you know, a bit of sightseeing with the wife and kids, a bit mm. of shopping, eating like a fat pig. And As you do home. after a fight. Yeah, of course, you're enjoying yeah. yourself. Yeah. And then I come home and Bex, my wife's mum and dad, they're, they're staying with us. And we're all going out for lunch one day. And we're in the car and uh, Sirius XM have an MMA show. So I'm listening to the MMA show because I'm a fucking nerd like that. I've just had a fight, but I'm still keeping up with it all. Yeah. And we're listening to the radio and we're driving along and it comes on. Breaking news, Anderson Silva is out of his fight with Kelvin Gastelum. He's tested positive for steroids. They are actively looking for a replacement, uh, you know, as we speak. And this is about, it's about two weeks before the fight because we've been in New York. For, so it's two weeks before the fight. And I look at my wife and I say, I think I'll take that fight. And she's like, what? You can't do that. And her mom and dad are in the back of the car. I go, what? You out of your fucking mind? They didn't swear, obviously. They're very nice, respectable people. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think I'll take it. It's Kelvin Gastelum. He's fucking, you know, this short little fat bastard. <laughs> uh, so uh, I called Dana. I said, hey, Dana, I said, hey, if you're looking for someone, I said, I'll do it. So anyway, a couple of days later, I'm on a plane going out to Shanghai. Mm. And my, my thought process, to be quite frank, I thought I could beat him. I, I, I believed I could beat him and, and I could beat him. I was definitely a diminished version of myself at that time. Mm. But I thought I could beat him. But also on top of it, the reason I got into doing this was to give my family a better life, you know. Yeah. And at that time, because I was the champion, the fight for George St. Pierre, I got paid a lot of money. And I was like, well, if you give me the same amount of money, you know, then, then, then I'll take it. And that's why I did all this. That's right from day one. Every yeah. training session was to, for financial security. You know, I don't come 100%. from much, you know. And I thought, well, fuck it. You know, let's go get, I'm, I'm done. I don't even have to do a training camp. I know I'm in shape. All right, I just got choked out unconscious and I've got a couple of bruises and black eyes and whatnot, mm. but they'll heal up. So I thought I'll go get one last payday. And I went out yeah. to, uh, to Shanghai and, and I didn't go to lose. You know, I, that, that's not me. If I'm going to be in a fight, I'm going to try and win. And I, and, and I thought I would win, but I was diminished. And he caught me with a cracking right hand. And, and that was that, you know, God bless him. Good for him, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, but as I say, it wasn't a cash grab, but but the, the incentive was definitely the money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I went I went for the payday, but I went to win. I definitely mm. went to win. You know, nobody wants to hear about a fighter that just went there for the cash. No fucking way. That's not part of my DNA. I went to beat Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. But, but, but the motivation, I knew I was retired. I was like, oh, fuck it, why not? I'm still in shape. Let, let's go, let, let's go rectify this. Let's maybe end on a high and get a win. You yeah. Know? Your your Hall of Fame induction came a couple of months after that, and it was well deserved. Um, because you've just always kind of taken an honest approach as a fighter. Um, and I think I think what the, the name of your book is Quit Quitters 
what was it? Um, sorry. Quit it. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good, buddy. <laughs> Quitters never win. Quitters never win. I was, yeah, I was going to say that. And the beauty of, of your career, Michael, is that it was just pure resilience. You're a resilient human being. And a lot of people can learn from that. And I know, and I know you say George is the perfect role model. Of course he is. But you are too as well. For a lot of young MMA fighters who kind of, any fighter, I suppose, who has bumps on the road. Yeah, they can come back from it, and you proved that in 2015, 2016, when you went on that run, you won yes. the belt, and I think that Hall of Fame induction was was well deserved, hundred well, percent. Well, well, thank you, Al. I appreciate that, and 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 I hear what you're saying because a lot of people do. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but they, they, I get a lot of nice messages from people yeah. say I inspired them or whatever things like that. Mm. And I'm I'm a big believer that anybody in this life can do anything they want if they put their mind to it. Yeah. Now, of course, and I spoke about this at my Hall of Fame thing, so I won't completely go over it. But I don't mean that you can go off and become an astronaut because you fucking can't, or you can yeah. become a fucking whatever it is, right? But everybody has a skill. You know, what I mean, your your amazing uh, 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 impressions. I'm sure you got other skills as well, but that's what I know you for. Everyone has a skill, and figure out what your skill is, and then figure out where that skill can take you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then put a game plan together, and then do the work. That's the hard part. We can all sit here yeah. and game plan and say, "Oh, I'm good at this. I could do that one day." Yeah. But then you've got to be willing to put in the sacrifice and start you, at the bottom and work your fucking yeah. way up. And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to do it in whatever field it is. You know, if you're willing to put in the hard work and you're realistic mm. about the goals and the and the dreams that you have, because it's going to be realistic as well, then you can make something of yourself, but it's not yeah. going to be easy. You know, I used to sleep in my fucking car when I first started training. I'd be in Nottingham, sleeping in my car, fucking covered in snow in the mornings and, and the door had frozen shut and I had to fucking break my way out of the car and then go to the gym, you know, freezing cold. You know, yeah. it, it's never easy, but, but then you start having a little bit of success and then things start getting a little bit easier. Then all of a sudden, whatever you're doing, whatever your project is, you're starting to earn a little bit of money from it, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, and then life starts getting a little bit easier and then who knows, hopefully end up one day making it, if you will. So, yeah. so you know, anyone out there, you know, you know, I mean, I come from nothing. It's all pure hard work and determination, to be honest. It is, 100%. I mean, if, if you want to look at some of the early stuff, my early impressions from... 10 years really? ago. Oh, you'll, you'll, you'll see. And then you look at yeah. the stuff now and you'll be like, like people think it's that what I do is a natural thing. It's actually not. You actually so, 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 so do you actually, mm. so if you're going to do an, uh, an impression, mm. you, so you'll sit there, you'll study him, you'll listen and you just try and work it out bit by bit. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So, um, so as, as you mentioned before, uh, I had Shay for Bates on my podcast and I said, yes. I'd do this one for you, but you got to come on mine. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that soon. <laughs> yes, Let me know when you can. Now my wife said, cause my wife's a huge fan of yours and Schaefer. Yeah. And, uh, it was actually my wife that got me onto you, Rebecca. And, uh, she said, Oh, you got to ask him, can he, can you, can he do a Michael Bisping? So can you do an impression of me? <laughs> oh, this, this is right. Because Schaefer couldn't. Schaefer said, no, you're an asshole, Mike. I have everyone that I can do, he said, I can't do it. And he tried. And it wasn't a million miles away. <laughs> oh, this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening to you now. I've, I should Putting be, you I on should. the spot. Now, now, bear in mind, I have a bit of a wanker accent these days. So <laughs> I hear how I used to speak and it used to be so much different. There's a twang of American in there. Yeah, yeah, there is. You know why? Because I live in fucking America. Yes. <laughs> and and when I moved out here, they couldn't understand a word I would say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They can't. So then, you know, I'm intelligent enough to know that I've got to change it a little bit so they yeah. can understand me. Because you get sick of repeating yourself multiple times. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then... And then I started working on Fox Sports and doing TV work. Mm. And like, but they, so I, 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 I'd talk. And then afterwards, the producers would be like, Michael, we love your energy. And we think we love what you're saying, but you're talking very fast and we can't really understand you. You got to really slow down and mm. pronunciate your words a lot better. You know, and then they got a voice coach for me as well to get me to slow down and talk a little different yeah. because they liked what I was bringing to the table, but the accent was just too strong and too thick. Yeah. So living here, you know, and going through that kind of process and then now being a commentator for the UFC, yeah. you know, like you might talk shit and say, no, he, he's uh, got a bit of an American twang. So, well, yeah, if they can't understand me, they're not going to fucking hire me as a commentator. Yeah. Well, so, you're doing and, that and it, what are you? It just, cre years? It just creeps in yeah. 10 years. Yeah. So it creeps in a little bit. But when I go home, when I go home, see my mates, 
then that's it. it that that twang is out the window within yeah. half an hour. And uh, <laughs> and I come home and wife's like, because she's Australian, she yeah. hates my fucking Lancashire accent. She's like, oh, you've been hanging out with your friends again. Oh, stop talking like that. You know, it's like so, so uh, sure. It's like so yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, press yeah. conferences like the, there's hint of Norwegian and it's kind of like that hundred percent. Yeah, I know Porsche. it's funny. And, you know, it's, it you happens. Know. It's human nature. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was going through. Uh, um, a drive-through with my manager Audi from Paradigm Sports. Shout out Audi. Mm. When I first moved there, we're going through a drive-through. We're going somewhere and we wanted a coffee, so we go through McDonald's and don't eat that shit. But whatever, we're just getting a yeah. coffee, right? And we pull up and I say, uh, "Can I get two coffees, please?" He's like, "What?" Is that two coffees? They're like, "What?" I'm like, two <laughs> coffee," and I've got a short temper, you know. So I'm like, two coffees," and she's like, "What?" I'm like, "Listen, oh, I know I've got an accent, but it's two syllables: coffee." Coffee. I'm like, I want two coffees. And she's like, oh, you mean coffee? I'm like, yes, <laughs> fucking coffee. Right. And then she's like, what flavor do you want? I'm like, what do you mean? What fucking flavor? Coffee flavored. She's like, we don't do coffee flavored. I'm like, what do you mean you don't do fucking coffee flavored coffee? Of course you do fucking coffee flavored coffee. And she's like, we have vanilla, caramel, or strawberry. I'm like, I don't want any of that shit. I just want a coffee. And she's like, oh, you mean original? And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, original? And then anyway, I look around at my it's like manager. It's a scene from Curb Your Enthusiasm. It, it really is. I look around at my manager. He's laughing his head off. He's like, oh man, I wish I filmed that. That was fucking hilarious. So anyway, there you go. So that's why that uh, suspicious accent creeps in a bit here and yeah. Um, obviously, I just want to talk about um, your your thoughts on the current climate of MMA in general, UFC, um, Habib's retirement a few weeks ago. Yeah, what an unbelievably impressive performance, and obviously an emotional Habib after the fight. Um, he really did his, his father proud in that fight, one hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, so what, what, sorry, what, what were your what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, listen, there's there's you can't fault that performance. It was yeah. beautiful. You could clearly see he was very emotional, obviously. <laughs> he just lost his father recently, yeah. which you know is a sad reality. We all lose our parents at some stage in our yeah. life, and, and that scares me to death every fucking day, you know. Because yeah. I'm out here in America and my family's all in England, and you think, what am I doing? Is it all worth it? Yeah. You know, you get one life, and there's the most important thing in the world is family. Um so anyways, but his, his father was instrumental to his career. That was yeah. his trainer. That was his mentor and his father, obviously. Um, and, and he trained him his entire life and he, mm. he, you know, very, very sadly passed away. So yeah, so very, very emotional moment. And mm. he always promised his dad he would get to 30, you know, and things like that. So that's why he was so emotional. But yeah. I tell you what, it made him fight so much better. I mean, yeah. what I was talking before about emotions and things like that and trying to be emotionless, you could see the emotion on Khabib when he was fighting, but he was just, he was just impressed. There was no stopping him that night. Yeah. He was, he was just empowered so much. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he <clears> took Justin Gagey out so easily, made him look yeah. like nothing and fucking got a mounted triangle. I mean, that is, it, it was very, yeah. very high level stuff. So it was sad to see him retire and they're talking about maybe he's going to come back for the 30th fight now. Dane has been hinting at that. I mean, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I mean, what a legendary career. Mm. Nothing more to say, really. Yeah. And I think with, with his, if, if his decision is final on that retirement, it should be respected 100% because as, as you said, he started this journey with his father and a highly yeah. influential uh, figure in his life, you know? Yeah, well, I think he got six million for that fight plus pay-per-view points, right? So wow. he retired because he, he he said that he promised his mom that, yes, uh, yeah. that, that he'd retire, right? But he, but I think, he, I, I could be getting this wrong, but what I'm led to believe is that he also promised his dad that he'd get to 30 and 0, right? Yeah. So if I was him, I'd say, listen, mom, I get it. You want me to retire, but look how yeah. much I just, look how easily I smashed just engage you. And do you know how much money I just yeah. got paid for that? That will go a long mm. way in Dagestan, right? I don't know what the conversion rate is, but I can't imagine the cost of living in the Dagestani mountains. Uh, yeah. Six, seven, eight, nine million dollars <laughs> is going to take you a long way. You can do a lot of good with that money. So I yeah. think we'll probably see him again. Again, but yes. uh, but he is he's definitely a man of honor and yeah. and money isn't the most important thing in the world certainly for somebody like him when you've got money he, he's done well he's earned a lot of money throughout mm. his career at that point there's more important things than money there's dignity there's respect for your parents and things like that which is yeah. that that outweighs financial rewards so yeah. so maybe maybe he won't fight again i guess we'll see yeah 
Well, his retirement has certainly opened up the lightweight division. A lot of people are talking about McGregor, Poirier, Gaethje as well. Gaethje's still a contender in there, and even Tony Ferguson as well. There's there's four elite lightweight yeah. fighters that you know yeah. could be potential champions in that division. What's your take on that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So so it seemed like the natural thing would be Poirier versus McGregor. That would be made for a title, yeah. right? But uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't speak on behalf of Dana White, but he hasn't done that. And I would yeah. assume, and again, this is just an assumption, you know, Dana hasn't told me this. We know McGregor plans to fight Pacquiao in a boxing match next year. Yes, yeah. So, so they probably don't want to, to crown a champion that's then going to disappear and go boxing for a while. And then they don't know how quickly McGregor is going to come back. So I don't know. That's just an assumption. I haven't heard that from yeah. anywhere, but that seems a logical reason for why they wouldn't automatically make that because uh, they want an active champion. You know, yeah. and 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 also there is talk of Khabib coming back anyway. So, you know, the the, the land, you know, they got to see how the land lies in that regard. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, the lightweight division and the UFC in general, the skill sets of all these fighters yeah. are just getting better and better. Yeah. Like from where I started, uh, when I started, the standard is so high now. It's I mean, when I first got into the UFC, I was I was still learning on the job. I was still just winning fights basically based on pure aggression mm. and natural fighting ability, not too skillful. And then over the years, of course, with every fight, with every, every training camp, you get better and better. Yeah. But I was learning on the job, but you see these kids now, like I can I commentate the contender series, uh, the Tuesday night yeah. contender series for Dana. So you have a lot of guys trying to get into the UFC and the level of these lads or, and the girls as well, they come in, they've had like three, four, five fights and they're fucking yeah unbelievable because yeah. they've been doing it from such an early age you know the ufc's been around a decent amount of time now so people instead of being a traditional martial artist and then uh, making tweaks and turning it to mixed martial arts and learning the wrestling and all that kind of thing they're starting off doing mixed yeah. martial arts as their entry point to martial arts so so the skill sets of these people right now is is really phenomenal yeah it's incredible uh, you know an example of that now you you look at uh at izzy you know, unreal. The guy is unreal, um, and he's making that move up to to light heavyweight. He's he's gonna fight Blackovich for the yeah. for the belt. And does John Jones kind of have a look back? Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if, number if one, the outcome if the outcome is he beats Jan for the for the for the belt. Now that's still a very tough fight for for Izzy, but is that trash talk on between the two of them on oh, Twitter and all mate. this? This ghost talk as well with John Jones. Yeah. Um, well, well, listen, I mean, if, uh, I mean, the one knock, and it's, it's not really a knock, but if you were trying to find something to critique John Jones, or well, <laughs> if you're trying to find something to critique him on, there's a fucking long list of shit you can go for. But if we're keeping yeah. it strictly in the octagon, uh, you, you could say, other than the performance enhancing drugs, which again is another thing, yeah. uh, not moving up a weight class and challenge, looking for other challenges. Because Jones went through generations of fighters. You know what I mean? He really did. I mean, he was taking yeah. out guys like Rampage, Shogun back in the day. And now he's, you know, he's taking on new contenders like Anthony Smith and Dominic Reyes and all that. And some of those fights weren't his best performances, but still yeah. he could have gone up to heavyweight and looked for challenges just like DC did, like McGregor did, like a lot of people do these days. Amanda Nunes, he never did that. Izzy's done that. You know, he's, he's only, he's defended about a few times. He looks sensational. And he's going up there. I mean, he wants to fight John Jones. I'm, I don't know if that's a good idea. Mm. I, I think Izzy would have the striking advantage. But if Jones can get him down, he could be in a lot of trouble. But, uh, I mean, you got to admire the waves that Izzy's making. He's yeah. got a tough fight against Blahovic. But if he beats Blahovic, because yeah. you know Izzy and Jones hate each other. They're talking shit on Twitter. They're going back and forth. It's getting very personal. You know it's what I mean? Very, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's not, you know, like before I was talking about trash talk, but I was having a bit of fun and a laugh and a bit of a wink and a smile along the way. Theirs isn't like that. They don't like each other and it's fucking yeah. real. And I, I, most of mine was real at the time as well. But as I yeah. say, it was all for the purpose of the fight. Once the fight's done, it's over. Is, Izzy loves that. it a lot. He does. Right, Especially after the it. cost of fight. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, for sure. And, and <laughs> went two weeks, you know, gloating about hard. We should cost it up. You know? And if he beats Blahovic, then he can. He's got the ultimate grounds to talk shit. Like, hey, yeah. John, look, I've got your belt, buddy. Yeah. I've got the middleweight, and I've got yours. Come and get it. Come on, come and get it. And I yeah. think we will see that fight happen. So, uh, and that'll be just be massive for everybody involved. It'll be huge. A huge fight. 
going to go away from from the MMA, and we're we're nearly we're nearly finished up on the podcast. This has been unbelievable, Mike. Thank you so much. Thank, for no, on. my pleasure, Al. Great talking to you, mate. It really has been. A hundred percent, man. Um, what's what, I just want to know? You like your acting career? You're you're, you're getting into that now. You, you were acting e- even during your, your your fight career as well. How's that going for you? What's what's it like? I mean, the process of I suppose are you are you auditioning for these roles and yeah. So so I, I actually fly out to London on Sunday. Uh, yeah. yeah, just landed. I moved the role out there. So it's 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 hard. It, it's a tough business, you know. It really yeah. is. And then obviously someone like me. I'm not a uh, I'm not a classically trained actor. I'm not going to be fucking treading the boards doing Shakespeare anytime, am I? Yeah, yeah. You know, let, let, let's be honest. But I recognize my niche. I know what I can do. I can do action stuff. I can fucking, yeah. you know, you know. So I, I've got no. I don't expect to be winning any fucking Oscars. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying. But but I also know there's a certain niche in action movies or hard asses or whatever the fuck you want to call yeah. them. Yeah, I can do those kind of roles. I know I can. And then when I see it all started, I got this role in this movie called Beatdown. No disrespect to anyone involved. Don't go and watch it. It's 90 <laughs> minutes of your life. You'll never get back. Right. But I just, just out of the blue, I got an offer to do a movie. It never fucking acted. Right. Yeah. But they wanted me to do it. And they, they gave me a decent bit of cash for doing it as well. I was like, what the fuck? So, like anything, I do the prep work. So I find an acting coach in Manchester. Mm. And I start doing a bit of acting uh, lessons. And the guy's like, you know, you're, you're pretty good at this, Mike. And anyway, I went out to Texas. I did this movie and I was terrified before I went out there to actually do my first scene because I'd never done it. I was it's, fucking terrified. It's a whole new Shaking world. Like, a whole, a whole new, new world. And type I thought, of, of nerves and pressure. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to walk out there and there's all these people spending a lot of money and I'm going to make a fool out of myself, you know. But mm. as I eased into it, I was doing well. The director at the end, when I was finishing, Michael, he said, I don't know if you plan on keep doing this. He said, but you should really try. He said, honestly, you've got something. So when, and then I did Hollyoaks, you know, you'll know Hollyoaks. I was like yeah. a bad guy in Hollyoaks for a little bit. And then I moved out to America and that was one of my things. That was one of my goals that I wanted yeah. to do. And when I actually started, when I quit work to start becoming a fighter, that was the plan from day one. But the guy spoke to me, he said, Mike, listen, here's what we're going to do. You yeah. know, go in the UFC, go in the UFC world champion. That's going to open doors. Then we're going to have you in action movies and everything. So he put that in my head from day one. Yeah. So that was always part of the, part of the plan. So I came out to America I found myself an agent and I started going for auditions and fuck me. Uh, now I'm, I'm decent. I've worked with a lot of acting coaches. I've mm. did a course at an acting school. I've done the homework, right? And my auditions now, if I do say so, they're pretty good. But mate, if you could see some of those early auditions, <laughs> holy shit, man. I'll give you a quick story. I went for one. It was playing. My agent rings me up. He said, I've got you an audition, Mike, tomorrow. Yeah. It was a- Nickelodeon show or something. He said, you're playing an American wrestler. He said, you've watched professional wrestling, right? I said, yeah, of course I have. He says, well, well, have fun with this audition, okay? Go out there, be loud, be, be over the top, just really yeah. fucking go for it. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And as I say, I'm not trained and I didn't go to theater school or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. So I've learned little lessons along the way. One of those lessons being always print off the audition. Don't do it just on your phone because I saw the one scene on my phone and I was I was rehearsing it. I was doing yeah. it. I'm like, all right, dialogue's a bit weird for this guy being loud and proud and over the top, but that's what my agent said to do. But there was two scenes, right? <laughs> so I go out there and I walk in and I'm in this little room and you know, you've probably been for auditions. You walk in yeah, and you say, okay, daunting action oh daunting as hell yeah. so daunting i don't know why it's daunting because most of the time it's just a little you know young girl or a young lad that's operating the camera and they don't give a fuck do yeah. you know what i mean but yes it's so nerve-wracking but anyway i go in and say action and rah, whatever the words are and i'm going louder so, and she says oh stop 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm a wrestler. I'm being off the top. She says, no, no, no. In this scene, um, you've just bumped into your father that you haven't seen in forever. And this is like a tender moment. I'm like, oh, I, I, I thought I was in the ring. And he said, no, that's scene two. Oh, shit. I went, all right, well, um, I, I don't know what scene one is. I said, have you, have you got the sides there? Can I look at the sides? And she's like, I think we've seen enough. I'm like, oh, okay. And I was so embarrassed. I walked oh, out there. I was, like, I was like, oh my God. So I've learned the hard way as yeah. I've gone along. And now, fortunately, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm getting lots of little bits of work here and there. Yeah. I've got a few things lined up, you know. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm still working hard on that. Yeah. I just, I remember doing an audition myself maybe about eight years ago. You know, young lad at that, at that point. And I remember I went to a workshop in Dublin 
and the casting agents, um, the Hubbards, you might know them in the UK. They, they cast yeah, yeah, a lot of the, yeah, yeah, they, they did casting for the Lord of the Rings, the UK casting. And I remember they, they were very impressed with a monologue that I did at a workshop and they called me up the next day and uh, said, there's a, there's an opening role for like a small, tiny part. I mean, I'm talking two, two, three lines. Yep. It, for the Jimi Hendrix movie that was being filmed in Dublin with who was oh. Andre Andre Three Thousand from Outcast. Oh, okay. Playing the part of Jimi Hendrix. That's right. Yeah, I remember. And I remember going Never to the. Never saw it, but but I know the movie you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I remember going to the Olympia Theatre in Dublin, and I, the director, his name was John Ridley, and I remember doing the audition in front of him and falling on its arse, trying to do this yeah, American yeah. accent. And you're Linda <sighs> Keith. And, and he was like, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and it's then, the worst. On, two years on. later, I'm there watching the Oscars. And um, he thought he's a scriptwriter as well. And there he is accepting the Oscar for uh, best screenplay for, for 12 Years a Slave. He won the, he won the best oh, wow. screenplay for that movie. And yeah. Like, oh, I should have impressed that guy a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because obviously I'm in LA and uh, my agent, most of the stuff that he gives me for auditions are American accents. And even though, yeah. just going back to what we were saying before, even though I get a lot of shit, for the American mm. twang. I can't do an American accent to save my life. So when I go in for auditions and it's an American accent, oh my yeah. God, that's all I'm thinking about. I remember I got a similar story. So, so I got an audition for Game yes. of Thrones, right? And I thought, fucking perfect. My favorite show, I'll, I'll get this, right? And I go in and do my audition, right? And this is, the, this is where I'm in, the, 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 this weird territory because... I do a good audition yeah. and my, my agency says, oh yeah, that's good. That Mike, he says, we, we, we got a good chance with this. I reckon I've spoken to her. She likes your look and likes your background and everything. I was like, oh, fucking Game of Thrones, let's go. Yeah. And anyway, my agent says, uh, he says, the casting agent said she was a little confused by your accent. I said, why is that? He said, well, he said you sounded American at times. I'm like, <laughs> what? So, so my mate, Chris Overton, uh, I send him the, the audition tape because he's a director. Mm. I said, Chris, just listen to this. Do I sound fucking American in that? And he says, well, I'm not going to lie, Mike. A few syllables here and there. There is a little bit of a twang of Americanism. So I'm like, for fuck's sake, uh. I can't get American because I can't do an American accent. And now I can't even get English because of this fucking twang. And he said, no, it's fine. He said, next time, just jump on a mate from the UK. You know what I mean? Just, just chat, chat away for 10 minutes and then do the audition because I'll be <laughs> talking English again, you know? So anyway, there you go. It's mad. It's mad. The process of auditions are daunting. But yeah. like that, you're getting you're 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 learning by the day, Mike, and it's getting better. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah, and you know, to your point of the daunting thing, being being so daunting and like there's such a high pressure situation. Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny how it works out. So like I did the triple X movie with Vin mm -hmm. Diesel, and I went and auditioned initially for that. And I did a, a good audition, I thought, but I wasn't successful. You know, there's always a lot of factors. You're just not what they're looking for. Maybe the, the look that they had in their mind, you're yeah. not right. Maybe you're shit, who knows? But there could be yeah. many, many reasons. So you never let yourself get disheartened for not getting the role. Anyway, so I go and do this audition in Santa Monica, which is a long drive from where I'm at, because I'm in Orange County, just south of LA. Yeah. So on, on a Friday afternoon, it takes like two hours to drive up there. I do the audition. You're in there for two fucking minutes and then you drive back again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't get the part. And then my agent calls me up a couple of weeks later and he's like, Mike, there's another role open in triple X. So we've got you an audition for it. Yeah. And I didn't want to like say no to my agent because otherwise they're going to stop sending them to you. And they'll think, well, yeah. do you want to do this? Are you hungry? Yeah. So for, for fuck's sake. All right, here we go. I'm not going to get the part, but this is just a fat fucking waste of time. I jumped in the car, drove all the way up to Santa Monica. And when I went in, I, I was of the, impression that I wasn't going to get the part no matter how good I did. So mm. I, I was so blase about it and I didn't give a fuck and I didn't yeah. even feel the nerves. So I just went in, I just did it. I said, all right, see you walk out. And then I get a phone call the next day saying, they fucking loved it. You've got the part <laughs> because, the, because I didn't feel the pressure because yeah. I didn't even want the part. Well, I wanted it, but I thought I'm not going to get it anyway. I was just realistically just uh, keeping up my obligation to my agent. You know what I mean? So it, it's weird how that kind of, when you that's remove the, the pressure to, from something, yeah. then you do so much better. Maybe that's the secret to it. Yeah. Just not giving yeah. a shit and going in. And doing it. 
Well, well, if you don't give a shit about things, then you will be better, you know, because yeah. you don't allow that self-pressure. I mean, because everybody puts themselves under pressure regardless yeah. of what it is, yeah. you know. And once you remove that, then, then you're freer to just yeah. be yourself because, you know, when you're doing an audition or whatever it is, if you're nervous, you're a bit shaky and yeah. you never, just like what I said before about fighting, just be cool, calm and present in the moment and then you'll be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And that's clearly what I did there, you know. Let's yeah. say I, I do gigs as well and I, I can... I can sense the vibe like that, like the click of a finger. And um, when I know that the the atmosphere, the crowd aren't really up to it, I'm like, oh fuck! But you just have to do it. You actually have to do it and not kind of get yourself. So are you a stand up comedian? As I, well? I would have done stand up, yeah. I would, but I incorporate the impressions into it. Yeah. My yeah, kind of so. my kind of spiel is I sit down with say an MC or a compare at, at an event, and we kind of he I give him a sheet of paper. I give a list of impressions, categorized. And he kind of tees you up on it and walks he, you through he, he it. He tees me up. I, I give him the questions and all. He just yeah. has to read it. Now, he, and now I always say to the MCSA, look, if you want to do your own version of it, and if you want to catch me out at times, I really don't care. Just Yeah, you, just you'll roll it, with the punches. You, you know, I'll roll with the punches. And I do it from there. We improv it, and it's a 25 to 30 minute chat. It's yeah. like It's like, it's like a... It's like a par- like a Parkinson interview. Yeah, you know, well, well, I, 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 I did a I similar kind of thing. Look at it. I did, a, I did a similar thing last year in Toronto. Like I, I took a stab at doing the one man show, and the idea was yeah. we were going to take that, all, you know, kind of tour it all over the place. And uh, so the guy that I do my podcast with, Luis J. Gomez, he's he's a very funny, controversial comedian. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'm like, fuck. Because this guy, this agent came to me with the idea and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do it. But then I thought, I can't go out onto a fucking stage and hold a microphone and do that. I've never done that in my life. You know, yeah. I'm out of my comfort zone. So I said, Lewis, will you assist? And kind of like you. So he he came out and he, you know, he's basically manning the ship, if you will. and But then just teeing me up. And it, it, it was a lot of fun. And I, I am going to do it again and, and yeah, refine definitely. it a little, refine it a bit and make it better. But yeah, because uh, you're yeah, a character. You're- Character I needed impressive. someone there though to lean on. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I'll talk some shit and then I'm like, oh fuck. You know, I guess if you do a little prep work and piece it together and write it out, yeah, I guess uh, that would make it better. But yeah, having someone there to lean on is makes it so much better. Yeah, easier. And the trash talk, you know, that helps. That the, the, your your history of trash talk in the UFC, you can incorporate a bit of that into the act. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. smooth sailing from there. Do you yeah, know what no, I mean? it's. Yeah, no, it's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah. So come on then, l- 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 right. let's uh, let's get to some impressions. And we've come to the to the wheel of impressions. This is a great segment. Great segment. Oh, I had for you. Had, yeah, yeah, a great segment for you, Al. I mean, I was thinking about listen. this before, and you're going to get me to do impressions because that's that's quite <laughs> the thing, isn't it? As an impressionist, get on a knucklehead and get him to do impressions and make a dick <laughs> out of it. Yeah, nice one, nice one, Al. I appreciate it, mate. I'll go into I'll go into the octagon and have a light spar and see yeah, there how you I go. Feel. Exactly. <laughs> Step into my world. Let's go. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'll be shitting myself. But fuck it. <laughs> well, I'm shitting myself now because I'm going to make a total You'll knobhead fine, out of myself. Mate. You'll I be know. fine. Right. We we'll go from here. Spin this. Ooh, that's an aggressive spin, Al. It is. I have to kind of stop it because it goes on and on and yeah, on, 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 on. So what are we? Uh... Oh. He's it. This is the first one. It's Robert De Niro. (laughs) This this is one of my first. You can do a good Robert De Niro. Yeah, look at that. I remember that was one of my first. I I don't. I don't. I can't really do it. It's pretty good. That's listen. It's all in the cheekbones. What what do you do to the the cheekbones? What do you do? <laughs> now, what I want you to do is I want you to do the you're doing the face. The face is perfect. Yeah. Well, not really. I don't really look like you. What the? What the? F- <laughs> hey, what the fuck? I think it's. I think it sounds more like uh, Vito Corleone, oh. maybe. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, this is it. You're fucking good. great. I can listen to you all day. Continue. Uh, you know why that's good? Because Robert De Niro played a younger version of me in The Godfather Part Two. So. <laughs> Oh God, this is hilarious! <laughs> oh shit! Spin the wheel, spin the wheel. Do you want it again? One. Do you want another? One? Fucking right, yeah. Just give it a gentle spin. Gen- a little, yeah, a gentle just, just, spin. Just to ease into it, you know. I do. I am a bit aggressive with the spin. Big. Who's this? 
Uh, do you know what? Fuck it. I, I, I jinx it there. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I can't, I can't do a Trump. I can't do a Trump. Yeah, you could do a Trump, I'm sure. Well, you know what? I mean, this is a, this is Friday, the, what is it? The, um, the 6th of November, okay? Now, a lot of people will know that this, this podcast is out next week, next Wednesday. But let me tell you something. It's very bad what's going on, Mike. It's really bad. <laughs> Okay, we're going to challenge this to the Supreme Court and we're going to win and it's going to be really great. It's going to be wonderful. What is that Believe guy me. fucking doing right now? <laughs> what is he doing? He's out of his fucking mind. Hey, true to Trump's fucking, uh, the, the whole presidency has been out of control. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's out of pretty, his mind. You're, you're in California at the minute. What's it like? Mate, it's mental. There's so much tension out here. So That's much a, it's, a, it's predominantly a blue state though as well. Is there Big still- time. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, it's uh, well, in fact, Orange County is Republican, to be honest. But uh, yes, uh, but um, yeah, there's a lot of division in this country. If Trump doesn't win, well, he's not won, has he? Biden's won. It's just a formality yeah. now. But 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 when that does become a formality, I, I think there's going to be a lot of trouble because yeah. he he's he's kind of. He's, he's geared up a lot of these people. I don't know if they're racist or what, but they're all showing up and they're all they're, they're yeah. armed. They're showing up at the polling stations. They're all armed with fucking machine guns, right? Mm. And they're not going to take it lightly. So I think before it gets better, there's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of trouble. I think it's going to be a yeah. few weeks of riots and protests, demonstrations. Yeah, I think maybe so too. some violence. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's real. So I hope not. I hope I'm this wrong. was meant to be a funny segment. I think we should remove him from the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck John. Fuck John. Do it again. <laughs> Who, who came up? Come on, give me, give me a chance at redemption. He, he came up because he's been in, he's been in the last couple, he's been in the last two or three episodes. It was Morgan Freeman. Oh, fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do I'm, Morgan. I'm, well, I've been doing this I'm, for a long time. I've been doing this for a long time. I so, don't go, don't go into the Kermit territory now. Come on. But that's what I was going <laughs> to say. It sounded like Kermit the Frog now. <laughs> now, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to try your impression. I'm going to give it a go. Right, I'm, let's I'm take a look. Fall on my ass, probably. I well, so that's it. That's it. These, these, no hold on. these, these are yours. Like, well worked on. You fucking do them on social media. You do them all the time. But you expect me, me, to just come out and do it? Come on, let's put you on the spot. Michael Bisping impression. Go. Say, <laughs> so let's put you on the spot. Michael Bisping impression. Come on. <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant. You it's fucking okay. worked on that. It's that's okay. good. I that was good. No. I'm and trying was, Georgia as well. You know, Georgia is very much like that. You know, straight yeah. point. And, uh, and so I do you Joe, do that proper. Uh, Dana is impossible. Yeah, Dana's tough. Dana's tough. You know, McGregor, what's up, what's up, my fans? What, you know, it's, it's, That's not bad. It's okay. It, it has, yeah. it, it's in the right direction. I think he sounds a bit like Tom Hanks at times. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I, I I when I'm doing the Dana impression, it's like I'm doing my Tom Hanks impression. Really? Yeah. Okay. Do your Tom Hanks, please. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Oh, my. Oh, you are a toy. <laughs> what is it about impressions that people just are so entertained by? I mean, have you always been able to do this when you were at school? Yeah. I mean, this was um, this is the first on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I was impersonating my aunties, my yeah. uncles. Uh, when I was 10 years old, uh, my, my parents got married when I was 10. Um, and at the top table, I took the piss out of everyone. Um, I took the piss out of like my uncles, my brother. And there, there's a funny story as well from my childhood when <clears throat> my brother got me to go to the landing of, of our house. And my dad's, the, the attic is converted in our, in our family right. home. Um, so my dad is always up there. My dad's a real tech guy, you know, loves Star Trek, always on his computer. Yeah, yeah. Like he's... He, he's cool like you know loves superhero movies and all that we'd all go to the cinema but he was very he, he loves being in that attic and my mother was downstairs cooking the dinner and the two of them weren't talking uh, as as you know like parents parents have arguments all the time they don't talk Yay, it's uh, natural and i went to the landing and uh i basically called downstairs i said jer jer jer's my mom said jer and then i went to the, up towards close to the attic i'm like charlie charlie the two of them fucking met in the landing and there's oh me and my, my brother God. in the room. 
That's you brilliant. Called, you called me. It's not like bloody well, didn't you? Oh, I, but did they make up or did they just have yeah. another, another yeah, barney? Yeah, they did. Oh, it's a nice story. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is a nice story. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that, that's really good. <laughs> but yeah, that was me. I mean, from, from the time when I was a kid, just impersonating people. Yeah, yeah. No, it's Teachers something about well. impressions. Yeah. When I was at school, there was a guy in my class, uh, James Masterman, that yeah. I've known for a long time, and he could do impressions. And I was always so jealous. Like yeah. any of the teachers, other people in school, he could do them perfect. Yeah. Or like anyone on TV back in yeah. the day, he could nail it. And I was like, it's the same with Chamber. I was jealous because I was always the class clown as well, but yeah. he was a better class clown and he could do fucking <laughs> impressions. I'm like, you bastard, of all the classes to be in, this fucking impression master would be here, wouldn't he? So, no, you got a good skill, my friend. <laughs> it was the same with Schaefer. He talked to Schaefer and, like, I remember Schaefer was doing impressions of his family to me and all. I was like, oh, this that, that's how you started. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just, yeah. A, it's a natural thing, you know? Yeah, no, it is, we, it's fun, we, though. It always gets a good reaction. Yeah. We watch too much TV. That's the problem. Yeah, it's a good I guess. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't really watch much TV these days. Well, actual TV, I don't watch. But Netflix, when we go to bed, or not Amazon, whatever, whatever it is, that's yeah. the only time I really watch it. You know, when I get in bed, watch a show for a little bit. But these yeah. days, it's such a pain in the ass. We watch most things. I spend like an hour just like scrolling through, click, 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 trying to find something decent. Yeah. I was like, oh fuck it. Well, I'd be turn a, it off. Let's go to bed. I'd be a big light. cinema goer. You know, I, I'm. I, I studied film in college. And the fact oh, you did? That, Interesting. Yeah, the fact that all these movies are being delayed, it's fucking shit. You know, the, yeah, yeah. the new Bond movie delayed. All the, I, I'd be crazy into the Marvel movies. Yeah. Know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, actually saying that I've got an episode of Warrior in my, my, that airs oh. tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing that, actually. Yes. Yeah, I was in Cape Town last, last year shooting that. That should... Should be good, should be good, but that comes out tonight. Mm. But you're right, to your point, uh, yeah, not a lot of stuff being made right now. So that's why next yeah. week I fly to, well, yeah, next Sunday, fly out to London uh, to do this movie. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. It's just in 2020 yeah. to be getting some work like that. That it's in a, itself It's is, enthusiastic to hear that you're, like, you're flying out to London to film, to film yeah. as well. That, well. And it's still going ahead. That's good. Well, you know. see, that was the thing for a while there with the lockdown that just got enforced. What's the situation? Is it locked down in Ireland as well? Yeah, we're, we're in lockdown. We've been in lockdown from the second last week in October until right. the 1st of December. But our incidence rate has, has gone down completely. Really? We're, we're averaging maybe 500 cases a day. Wow, that's yeah, great. I, I think right today down. in the States, 120,000. 100. 120,000 in one day. And listen, there's a lot of opportunity in America and it's a great place to be in. And I, I live here and I choose yeah. to live here. But there's also, you, you know, fuck me, there's some fucking idiots out here. Just put the mask yeah. on, mate. Just put the mask on. It's not a conspiracy. It's not bullshit. It's not the government's, the world's government's colluding to one another to take away our rights and our freedoms and new world order. Yeah. There's a fucking virus on the loose and we're trying to stop those at risk from dying. You know yeah. what I mean? If just people just put the mask on and just grin and bear it for a few months, it'll pass, yeah. but they won't do it. And they're all, there's all these anti-maskers and they're protesting and stuff. It, it kind of makes me sick, to be honest. It really kind of yeah. gets me worked up, you know? Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Anyway, yeah, but we went down a shitty fucking tangent there. We don't want to end on that, do we? <laughs> no, listen, honestly, an unbelievable chat. Thank you so much for coming on, uh, Michael. You're a legend. Great to finally meet you for the first time. Hopefully, when things get back to normal, I, I, I hope to be going to a couple of UFC events in the future. We, we, we'll get to, to meet up for yeah. a drink. Perfect. Yourself, well, yourself and Schaefer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I, I look forward to it, Al, because as I said, I, I, you know, obviously been aware of you for a long time, been a big fan of your work, mate. So, no, I've enjoyed this. Great talking to you. Nice to get to know you. And uh, yeah. fingers crossed, as you say, the world gets back to normal and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll grab a couple of bevvies. Absolutely, pal. Michael, right. take care, pal. Legend. Build your own unique bets and get the odds instantly with Betfred's Pick Your Punt Builder. Corners, cards, goal scorer and more. They've got them all. Download the Betfred app to build your own unique bets with instant odds. 18 plus BeGambleAware.org. Singles only. Pick Your Punt Builder is available on selected matches at Betfred's discretion. Visit Betfred.com promotions for more information and for full terms and conditions.